This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. So as the weather warms up, we're outside gardening or doing yard work. There are so many opportunities for skin issues, right? And for me, it's always a mystery to know what's going to irritate my skin, but I'm definitely out there itching and scratching. But the good news is active skin repair always seems to save the day. Active skin repair can be used to treat a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, and other types of skin damage. It's also safe and non-toxic, making it suitable for use on all skin types, all parts of the body, and even on rosacea, eczema, and acne-prone skin. Here's what I want you to do. Visit ActiveSkinRepair.com to learn more about Active Skin Repair and get 20% off your order when you use code JOYFUL. Again, that's www.ActiveSkinRepair.com. Find out more about the product and get 20% off your order when you use the code JOYFUL. This is the Joyful Courage Parenting Podcast, episode 14. everybody, Casey here. So glad to be back on the podcast. And I just have to tell you a story. So prior to the last show, the last show was a solo show. I'm sure I'm sure you all listened to it, right? About my experience in New York at Grace for Women. Um, before that episode, I interviewed Katie Hurley about temperaments. Remember? Did you listen to that one and her book, uh, The Happy Kid Handbook? We talked about raising introverted and extroverted kids and um, what shows up and how to meet them where they're at to support them in optimal growth. And um, funny thing, I also recently made a video for the Live in Love with Joyful Courage Facebook group page, my community on Facebook to help people to know that if they have an iPhone, if you have an iPhone, you have an app that came with your phone for podcasts. And it's purple and it's like a little microphone with little circles around it. Anyway, I was using my daughter's iPod to help me make the video, the how-to video for subscribing to this podcast through iTunes, which you all should do. You should do that. It's a good thing. And, um, and I, I subscribed her to this podcast. And so she said, Oh, I want to listen. And so she (laughs) was listening into that interview. And I have to say it felt pretty good. She was, she was pretty impressed. She was like, wow, mom, this is pretty professional. But, you know, we had conversations because I told her about the conversation and that, you know, I was speaking about how she tends to lean towards introvert and that I'm extrovert and that sometimes I forget that she sees the world differently. And it was, it just reminded me how cool it is to let our kids in on what it is we are working on as parents and on the parent journey because we ended up having a really great conversation about that and she ended up sharing some things with me that really gave me a broader perspective around her life outside of our house, you know? And, and I think I mentioned it on the um, podcast. Maybe I didn't, but, you know, she's, whenever we talk about this introverted, extroverted thing, she's pretty quick to say, you know, mom, you'd be surprised if you saw me at, at school. Like, I'm, I'm pretty outgoing at school. And God, wouldn't I love to be a fly on the wall at the middle school? Yes, I would. Um, But it just was a great reminder to me that, you know, there's opposite ends of the spectrum, right? There's introverted on one side, extroverted on the other side, but there is a lot of space between the two. And and we just just had a really great conversation. And, And, you know, I continuously on the podcast talk about being in relationship with our kids. And this is exactly 
what showed up as we had a conversation. It just started off as a conversation about my podcast, a conversation about my guest, what we talked about. And because um, I'm really working on that non-attachment, non-judgmental, compassionate way of being with her, the space was safe for her to really speak into her thoughts and opinions on the topic. And it was just, it was really glorious. And my guest today, funny enough, um, is Emily Roberts, and she's a licensed um, social worker, and she works with, and therapist, um, she works with teens and young women, women, girls mostly, and she wrote this book called Express Yourself, um, A Teen Girl's Guide to Finding and Using Their Voice. Oh gosh, of course, I don't have the book in front of me right now, um, but it's right along those lines. I talk about it in the interview, but she you know, she has managed to get into the minds of teen girls and speak to them and encourage them in a way that is really valuable and really healthy and helpful for our girls. Because, you know, I mean, the drama of middle school and high school, you you hear it all the time. I mean, we went. To, I went to curriculum night last week, and um, my daughter's language arts teacher was talking about how it's really important to him to um, let the kids know that when they walk into his classroom, they can leave their masks at the door. And that's the language that he uses. He said, I tell them they leave their masks at the door in this room. I want them to be all of themselves. And, you know, I think as adults, it's really easy to say that, right? Oh, just be yourself and everybody will like you. And, you know, and they hear those words, but then they find themselves in middle school, in high school, in their social groups, in their peer groups, filled with all sorts of weird, conflicting, contradictory emotions and thoughts. And it's really scary to be themselves. It's really vulnerable to speak their mind. And what Emily has created is this amazing book that really helps girls with language and tools for designing their life, for being in the driver's seat, or as she calls it, the director's chair um, of their own life. And, you know, Rowan, my daughter, is willing right now to let me read to her. So we're actually reading the book together. Now, Granted, I have to really check myself because I want her to say, yeah, mom, this book's amazing. I'm going to practice all this stuff. Thank you so much. I'm so excited for when we get to read more. You know, and that's not what's happening. I'm kind of inviting myself into her room before bedtime when she's kind of getting ready for the next day. She's, you know, kind of puddling around and doing her thing. And I just say, hey, Do you think that I can read to you? Do you think that I can share this book with you? And she's, you know, kind of begrudgingly letting me. But I know that a lot of what is coming out is landing with her. And she's internalizing it. And we'll just continue to have that conversation. And um, again, back to building relationships. So I am so, so honored and blessed and excited that I get to interview Emily about her work and interview her about how this book came about. And if you have a daughter, even if she's a baby, um, get this book. Get this book. Read this book. Get prepared because eventually your little girl is going to evolve into an adolescent, into a teen, and it's just great conversations to be having with them so that they can continue to be the ones that are calling their the shots in their life. So yes, 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 yes. Let's get on to the interview with Emily. Thank you so much for listening. I so appreciate every single one of you and your feedback and your willingness to let me know how the podcast is landing for you. Stay tuned till the very end because I'm going to let you know of some new ways that you can be following and staying in touch with me. All right, let's talk to Emily. All right, so here I am with Emily Roberts on the podcast. I'm so glad that you're here. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, well, I am reading Express Yourself, your book, with my girl. Yay. And I just 
and loving every little bit about it. So I want to know more about you and um, how you got into the work that you're doing and how you know teen girls so well. Well, that is a long answer. I will start (laughs) from the beginning. How about that? No. Perfect. Um, (laughs) When I was around 13, I moved, my parents moved me across the country And so I'm a therapist now, and that's because of my experience when I was younger. I I really believe that that's kind of what pushed me into this field. And when I was moving across the country, it was a little uh, trying, especially for a 13-year-old girl. And I met some new friends, but it was really hard to fit in. And it was just clicky, you know. I mean, the stuff that all teenage girls face and boys, uh, it's just a little bit differently. With It feels a little differently for girls anyways. Um, So what I wound up doing is my parents thought I was depressed because I was. really depressed from leaving all my good friends and, and moving to the middle of Texas from Seattle, the lovely state that you're, or city that you're close to, huh? Yeah. Wow. That's a big shift. Yeah. To back before Austin was cool. Austin's very cool now, but before it was cool, it was like a bunch of like, you know, cowboys and well, long dirt roads. I'll give it to you. You know, that way. I couldn't go ride my bike anywhere because I'd wind up in a field. I'm being completely honest. So we were looking for a therapist and I went to all of these people that were so old, no offense to old therapists, but they were, and so out of, t- but it wasn't even old. It was, they were out of touch with what teens were doing. I felt very judged. They weren't listening to me and they were judging me. My parents found it difficult too, because, you know, I wasn't getting help. Therefore they weren't getting help. It was getting things, making things at home a little bit challenging. Mm-hmm. Um, and so finally in college, really in college, I found somebody that I liked. Mm-hmm. And I thought, wow, I liked her because she talked to me, you know, casual. She talked to me. She listened to me. She didn't judge me. She kind of opened up a little bit to, to me. And I was like, I want to be like her. She helped me a lot. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of how I got into this work. I realized if I was feeling that way and I wasn't experiencing half the stuff that is, you know, the girls of today are, might as well do something to help them and do so while I can still be relatable. Yeah. yeah. So, and that's the thing, this book, it's, so speaks to the girls. I'm reading it out loud to my daughter, who's almost 13. Um, And just the language that you use, I mean, it's complete with hashtags. But there's so many nuggets of wisdom. And I'm just wondering who, tell me about where all of this information came from. Where did you pull all of this information from? From the girls. From the girls. I work with, gosh, how many kids do I have? I have like 25 kids right now, mm-hmm. not at home, but in my office, therefore, you know, not parenting them, but I, I have a lot of teens and young adults that I work with and, and kiddos and a lot of parents as well. So I've been running groups for girls for years now, small groups on self-esteem, body image, uh, bigger groups on media and technology. Mm-hmm. I've worked with thousands of girls and it's been the constant questions, the constant struggles that I had, even when I was growing up, are in this book because everyone's facing the same kind of experiences. We just don't know have the words or have the skills necessary to handle them, especially as a teenage girl. And I think a lot of parents who are reading this book too are noticing that, oh yeah, things have changed. My skills maybe as a parent are awesome and I still need to recognize a little bit more what my daughter is going through. This is what your kids are going through because the girls I work with have edited it with me. I had lots of kids looking at it with me. I didn't want to, I, you know, I had to be, I had to give them the tools because if they weren't going to read it, how am I going to get anyone else to read it? Right. And so also I wanted to honor them and honor what they're going through. So some of their stories are in here and many girls have looked at this book before it even went into printing. Nice. Well, and you know, I think that what I'm coming to recognize is how often I want to say things like, I know what you're going through. Or I've been there and I have to yeah. ever more vigilantly remember that I did have I did have an experience of being 12, almost 13. I did have a middle school experience. I did have relationships. Um, and I was in a very different family structure. I was in a, you know, it was the 1980s. Well, and- I love what you just said. You said and. And I think that is the key word. The reason why I say that, and sorry to interrupt you, is because a yeah. lot of parents don't say that keyword yeah. and is such an important one, but is very invalidating or saying, I've been there. I've done that. We all do. I, I can say that too. Sometimes I'll, I'll catch myself being like, Oh, I've been in your shoes. And then I'll stop and say, wait a second. I will actually say this out loud in a session or in a group. Actually, I haven't been in your shoes. I was the experience kind of like that, 
but I'm not you. And times are different. So please tell me more about your experience. And I will apologize. Yeah. And I love tell me more. Tell me more about that. And I th- and what I'm what I'm getting out of your book, and it's so funny, it's written for teens, but psh, it's written for all of us. And um, what I'm getting out of it is I know what I want. I know the general idea of what I want to share with my daughter around mm-hmm. certain situations. But what Express Yourself offers is specific language for her to hold on to and to use, if she so chooses, to navigate, you know, the very collective. I mean, there's the individual experience, but ultimately this whole tween teen thing is a really collective experience. They all feel insecure. They all are trying to show up a certain way. They all want to, not all, but you know, the vast majority, yeah, they want to fit in. They want to feel comfortable even as they are so uncomfortable. Well, I, I always ask, I go, what do you, so what do you want to fit into? Yeah. And it's an interesting question. question. I, you know, I might get a little snarky remark here or there, but mm-hmm. no, really, like, what is it? What's your ideal that you want to fit into? I'm, I'm having trouble understanding, or I, I, I know what it was like when I was your age, but tell me what you're trying to fit into now. And such an interesting question to ask these girls because even as adults, if we say, what are we trying to fit into to parents or to our colleagues mm-hmm. or our friends? It's an interesting question because I don't know that any of us really know. We have ideas and we have, you know, um, groups that we're involved in. But what are we what are we trying to change or evolve into? Yeah. Uh, girls don't often know that answer and they may actually get a really good, you know, a good moment with you when you ask it. Yeah, for sure. And who you want, who do you want to be? You know, I mean, even as a I don't think I asked, truly asked myself that until I became a mom. You know, like, how do I want to show up? Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Thank God, spring into summer is my favorite time of year. After turning 50 last September, I've been really working on my physical health and well being and can honestly say that I am feeling better in my body than I have felt in a very long time. Yes, credit goes to movement and working out, but even more credit goes to how I'm feeding my body. That's why I love Factor. I fuel up with Factor's no prep, no mess meals, 35 different meal choices, and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. I always have a new flavor to explore. It's amazing. You can crush your wellness goals this May, keep time in the kitchen to a minimum, and enjoy effortless support for the lifestyle you want to be living with dietitian approved meals and ingredients you can trust from Factor. Head over to factormeals.com slash joyful50 and use the code joyful50 to get 50% off your first First box plus 20% off your next month. That's code joyful50 at factormeals.com slash joyful50. Again, that's 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Yes, yes, yes. Join me. Join me in the health revolution and feel really good this summer. Hey friends, as a podcast listener myself, I always get so excited to share when I find a new show that I think is super useful. So today I want to tell you about Understood Explains. This is a podcast that tackles one important topic per season. And this season is all about navigating individualized education plans and is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Urtube. Getting the support our kids need in school can feel tricky, and we aren't always sure what it is that they need. When I listened to the episode titled, Does My Child Need an IEP?, it offered up so much useful information that I could really see supporting parents who are in this consideration. The host is so knowledgeable and really breaks down the content in a way that helps listener go from completely overwhelmed to actually starting to feel empowered. Other episodes in the series highlight the difference between IEPs and 504 plans, as well as a whole episode that busts common myths about special education. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains wherever you listen to podcasts. That's Understood Explains. So check it out. You won't be sorry. And I write a lot about this when I do blog posts and 
It's, you know, if I haven't explored the qualities that I want to bring to every moment and every interaction, if I don't know that, then, you know, that's not helpful when, you know, I am, bottom line, I'm going to get eye rolls. I'm going to get doors closing. I'm going to get withdraw from the daughter and the son. And it's part of the experience. And those things don't need to trigger me into like ugly, reactive, crazy person. But it requires that I've decided, you know, that I've defined who it is that I want to show up, even in those really challenging moments. And who you want to be around. I mean, you know, when it comes to friendships and things like I had one of my friends read the book and she's 42 and she said, oh, my gosh, this applies to a friendship situation I had this year. And, you know, let's be honest, this book is is really meant for everybody. We have to pick a target market when we're writing a book, unfortunately, this, sure. you know, and so I wish I and, and fortunately, because this one was really geared towards girls and girls of today. Mm-hmm. Re- the last copy that I was able to edit was probably two months before printing. And so maybe three months. So this is still within 2015. Wow. And, and so, you know, a couple of my clients were generous enough to lend their time and a few, cause there was others who had, you know, the first round of this, um, were involved in it as well. But I have groups of girls that I teach these skills to, you know, interpersonal effectiveness skills is what I call them. And part of that entire piece within the group is teaching mindfulness and teaching what your goals are for communication. Because I don't remember anyone really asking me growing up, what was your goal for saying that? What, what were yeah, you trying to get ever like even, even in adult, adult life? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's, that's what drives the behavior, right? Or that's yes. me, the communication. If I get in the same argument and the same fight with my parents over something different, but it's the same fight. I got to stop and be like, what is the common denominator here? I might want to blame them or I might want to blame myself. But the truth is it's got to be the way that both of us are reacting. And if one person can change that, whether it be mom and dad, mom or dad or yourself, it can be so empowering. Oh my gosh. Having these girls come back and be like, okay, I tried this and it worked. I can't believe it worked. You were right. I mean, that's the best, that's the best feeling in a way because it worked. Yeah. You have a whole section that's how to get your parents to say yes. And interestingly, that is at work when you, if you think about it with colleagues too. Oh, for sure. For sure. And, you know, and it's just all forwarding, right? It's all this, this whole idea of forwarding. And you have a great metaphor throughout the book, which is this whole you're the director of your own movie metaphor. So talk to me a little bit about what that means to you and how you use it with um, the girls that you work with. Well, I kept having this, you know, back when Gossip Girl existed, we would have lots of girls. I don't think it's, I mean, it still exists somewhere, but we were, it was a big thing a couple of years ago and girls would always relate to the show. And I was mm-hmm. like, okay, I don't want to write a Gossip girly kind of book here, right? I want it to relate to girls who don't watch that show for girls and people who play sports. But the reason I put the director and the what you're talking about for people who don't know is that the theme is being the director of your own life. And so each chapter has a different set of um, challenges or people that can come into your life that are indicative of a movie set, right? Like the producers are the parents, your cast and your crew, your PR team, which is your digital self. So unless you have a PR team, but I don't know very many teens that do have a PR team. I would love a PR team myself, actually. And so it's all about how each of these things can challenge you and also work for you when you're developing a movie or being the director of a movie and why it's really important to choose the people in your life carefully. And a lot of kids like the theme of movies and TV shows because it's relatable and also, you know, who doesn't want to be the director of their own life? At some points we do want our parents definitely being the director. Sometimes I still do. And I'm an adult because I quite frankly don't want to open up the mail on some days, but there, there becomes a time, you know, around the time of that, your daughter, you know, your daughter's 12, 13, where they're starting to kind of straddle that. I want to be an adult slash. I want to be a little girl still. And I Mm -hmm. always tell parents, teenage years are very reminiscent of toddler years. Mm -hmm. We have to use those same behavioral principles, right? I mean, and you might get the same mood swings as you received before too. They just can communicate a little bit better now. Um, so that being said, I really wanted it to be more of a book about girls feeling confident, you know, making the rules in their life and making the rules with other people's input. Also feeling confident speaking up for themselves so they don't let people into their lives or affect them in the way that we know mean girls and mean people can. And 
this is just a theme. I, I didn't say that so eloquently, but this is just a theme that I see across every age. It's not just 13 and 4. This is 8-year-old, 9-year-old, 10-year-old girls and 24-year-old yeah. girls. You know, it's like how do we get that how do we do we attract these people into our lives and what am I doing that's still creating this passive voice or this aggressive voice that I have instead of an assertive voice? Yeah, it's a really great companion to um I don't know if you're, I'm sure you're familiar with Rosalind Weissman and the queen bees oh, and wannabes, love right? She's love her work too. Yep. Yeah. And I feel like that other piece that is coming out of the pages as I read is um, being assertive. And what does it mean to be assertive, especially where you see the memes and there's that conversation around um, bossy. Yeah. Right. And what it means to be, oh, well, she's just bossy and, and, and helping our girls understand the difference, but also recognizing that bossy isn't like we we're putting judgment on it. Bossy's just a word, right? Yep. Um, but you talk about us being assertive and it's such an important tool. And I think that, you know, the drama of middle school and high school and cliques and image, like you said, body image, all the stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I, that word too. <laughs> it yep. blocks, you know, and it, and it, and when I think about being assertive, I think that it really requires our girls to expose themselves a little bit, um, and be a little vulnerable. Right. Which well, is, you know, I terrifying. I think, think that it, girls. it's terrifying. What I feel like the, the reason why I use the word assertiveness is because, it is a word that a lot of us use in a, maybe not me, excuse me, a lot of society uses in a, in a mean way. Like you think of the devil wears Prada and they're like, oh, that she was assertive, the devil, you know, that main character. And I used to run a group on assertiveness actually, when I was working in eating disorder center years ago. And it was a great group because the girls came in and these are girls of all ages, even many in adulthood who were like, I've never been able to speak up for myself ever. Mm -hmm. And I see that now with friends. I see that with colleagues. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, this word assertiveness doesn't, it's a bad rap. And it's actually a really great word because what it actually requires kids and anyone who's reading this to do is before you say a word, it's to tune into how you're feeling and how that person is making you feel. And quite frankly, trying to think about in the past when I've let someone treat me this way, how did I feel afterwards? Yeah. When you're noticing how you feel, that gives you so much agency as a person. And so to be able to say, wait a second, I know that if I tell my friend that I'm okay with eating Chinese food tonight and I really wanted pizza, I'm going to be the one that feels bad later on. I'm going to beat myself up later on, or I might get angry at her later on. Now that's a minor example, but how many girls do we know who can't do that depending on the situation? So what I try to get girls to see and adults to see too, is if you can speak up, even if it's just a little bit for yourself, people will respect you more. And in fact, mm -hmm. how many, how, how true is that? Right. When people aren't guessing what you want to do or mm, I don't care when we know you really do. Yeah. It's super it annoying. Other, <laughs> yeah. It's very annoying. <laughs> and it allows the other person to see that you have an opinion, which is very attracting, mm -hmm. attractive. And it's attracting to the right people. The people that are the mean girls, quote unquote, or the people who are bossy or the people who aren't respecting of that you know what? The sooner we figure out who they are, the better. It's hurtful. It's a lesson that is being learned who you don't want to be friends with, who you don't want to open up to or become vulnerable to. Mm -hmm. And the sooner we realize who those people are, the more, the, the better it is. You know, when I look back even to some of my friendships in college and realize there was people that I felt would take it, that were taking advantage of me, it's because I didn't have these skills, even yeah. as a college student. And the fact that I've been able to have young girls use these, I mean, young is like eight or nine, really mm -hmm. use these skills and say, you know, I was, I stopped and I thought about it for a second. And the reason she was being mean to me is because I didn't want to play with her at recess. I didn't say it meanly. I just said, I wanted to play, you know, inside instead of outside today. And she was mean to, mean to me. That's because she doesn't really, she doesn't really care what I think anyway. She just wants it her way. And I was like, yep, mm -hmm. you're right. Yep. Mm -hmm. And to be able to see, yeah, it's hurtful. And at the same time, we can work with the hurt feelings of hurt. What's really challenging to do is work with the feelings of regret. Yeah. Well, and that's in, and you know, but being assertive also, you know, I think about, I don't know if we were talking about this before, or after I hit record, but knowing what you want. Yeah. And so I, that's where in each section of the book too, what I talk about, and this is really how I teach it a lot with people in, in individual work and in group work is 
okay, so what's the, what do you want out of this communication? Or what's the right. point of this? When you're, when your daughter comes in and asks to go, um, with, to sleep over or something, she's not saying, let me go. Her goal really, if we back up, you know, is I really hope my parents let me to go, want, let me go. Cause I want to go to my friend's house and hang out with my friends. That's the goal. Right. But right. if she's like, you know, saying it like, I have to go, everyone else is going. That's maybe not the most effective way. Right. And if we stop and pause for a second and recognize a, what we want and B that there are skills to get me what I want and skills that that work, mm -hmm. then by the time these kids hit college or the people reading this, or, you know, some of my, some of my favorite readers are in college. Hmm. Really? I mean, they're like, oh, wow, I'm not afraid to talk to my teacher about ask for an extension, or I'm not afraid right. of asking yes. a friend if she can meet me at 1030 instead of 10 this morning because I overslept or I'm really tired. Those are small snippets of how confident you can feel in communicating with other people. Whereas if you don't say anything at all, or you're not clear on what you want, let's be honest, not all of us are clear, but we want something different. Right. So if we can even pause and say, what do I want to feel before this or after this interaction or during this interaction, but really after this interaction, how do I want to feel? That's the goal. Love that. Well, and I also, you know, I mean, we're talking about some pretty minor we can talk about situations. Yeah. Yeah. No, I just mean like I'm, th I'm listening to you. I'm thinking about this and I'm thinking, gosh, you know, if our kids our girls, our boys get practice in things like, mm -hmm. you know, get sending their food back at the restaurant because it's yep. cold or little things like that. And then when it comes time to say, you know what, I'm, I'm going to choose to be the designated driver or I'm going to mm -hmm. choose to say no to whatever it is, you know, drugs, sex, rock and roll, right? <laughs> whatever exactly. it is that's eventually, well, not rock and roll, rock and no, roll say great, yes to yeah. rock and roll. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that but whatever shirt I know, say yes to rock and roll. That should, that would be cute. We could brand that. Drugs, say yes Let's make that. Roll, yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, I mean, the more opportunity they get to be assertive in these l more minor playing fields, not that they're minor because they are really powerful, but you know, I just, it's giving them practice so that when that big thing comes up, well, we talk about a lot of the big things in this book. I, I know, I, know I haven't gotten there yet. Well, you well, you did in, chap in, in, in the chapter about friends and frenemies. One of the things that I get so often, and I'm not sure if this is happening in your daughter's school, but it happens in many schools, even as young as fourth and fifth grade, what, who do girls and boys go to when they're having a problem? Usually it's their friends. And mm -hmm. so when girls, I'm using that term just because that's what the book's for, but anybody really, yeah. when somebody's having a problem and it's like, I'm going to hurt myself or I'm really depressed oh, yes. or I want so-and-so is bullying me and your daughter is the one holding that secret or your daughter is the one feeling that it's so challenging to help give them the tools to what to say, because they're so afraid of their friend getting hurt or they're yeah. so afraid of telling an adult. And yet it really eats them up inside. So being able to be assertive in challenging situations like that, which are so common, unfortunately, yeah. because that's, I mean, who did I go to if I had a problem? My friends, I, right. I mean, I, your daughter and you have a great relationship, which I'm, I think is awesome. I just didn't want to talk to my mom about that kind of stuff. So it was a boy thing. I would get so mortified. I just wouldn't, I wouldn't talk about it. Mm -hmm. And of course I'd call my friends and we'd have a three-way phone call. Cause back in the day, that's what you did, you know, yeah. but it, 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 I wonder even thinking about it now, how much of that was just scary, scary stuff for them when it was like, Oh my God, this guy doesn't like me. I don't know what to do. And that wasn't, you know, I wasn't like a lot of the girls today where it's like, Oh, well I'm going to, hurt myself or I feel like killing myself. This happens yeah. often. And it's not because people are being dramatic, not at all. There's always a function to what people say. Mm -hmm. I think part of it is because we had this exposure to it in such a different way than we did five or 10 years ago. And because girls know what that means. It says, I'm, they're, they're saying I'm in pain and this is how I feel. Yeah. So for a set, your daughter's in seventh grade, for her to hear that and be like, uh, oh my gosh, how do I talk to my friend off the ledge? Right. Let's give her some skills. I mean, that's right. in here. Not to mention the stuff that maybe she you know, and I, I started seeing this sometimes in younger grades, but really seventh and eighth grade, not just in New York. I, I'm here now, but I also worked in Texas and I still work in Texas. Um, and when I've traveled for, for doing these conferences and stuff, girls often say like, well, my friends want to come over. They want me to sneak out. Or even if it's as minor, and I say minor in, mm -hmm. in safety as giving a girl her homework or copying for a test or something like that. Those, yeah, those aren't yeah. as big safety issues, but let's be honest, 
there's way bigger safety issues and it's bad. You know, it, it doesn't make them feel good. They feel guilty. These are situations where they feel pressured by their peers. Oh my gosh. If all of us like right. took a two seconds to look back how we gave into peer pressure. I mean, I can honestly admit that I did for sure. Oh God. I was a total yes girl. <laughs> okay. That was always my response. Okay. And then, yeah, exactly. Like there was one time I vivid, I remember so well because I didn't get in trouble, but the guilt stayed with me probably until now. I mean, I've forgiven myself, (laughs) but it was when I got in the car, I knew I wasn't supposed to get in the car with somebody, especially a boy who my parents didn't know who had just got their license and we were driving and it was like the scariest thing because they were going very, very fast. And my friend and I were in the car and I kept thinking, oh my God, I'm going to die. My parents are going to know that I did everything they said not to do and I'm going to die in this car. Finally, when I got out, I was like, I'm never doing that again. But it was just being like, I was so mad at myself. And that's what it was about. Like, I wasn't mad at them. I wasn't mad at my parents. I was mad at myself. And I didn't know what to do with those feelings. And so in the book, I give some skills for that as well. But the truth is, I don't want girls being mad at themselves for these experiences. Right. You know, I want them to think about it before they, they act on it. If they haven't already acted on it, there are skills in here to make it a lot better and how to talk to adults in your life. So you can get in the least amount of trouble, right. And Mm -hmm. learn from it. That's the best Mm -hmm. thing we can do. If we make an, I mean, thank goodness I learned from that experience. I really did. I don't think ever got, I don't think I ever got in the car again with somebody that I didn't know well after that. It was just frightening. And so, yes, this sounds like minor, but we were talking earlier before we uh, started the podcast about what kids are doing online. For me, when I was in high school and middle middle school, that didn't even exist. It was like dial up. I called my friends on the phone because I didn't even want to use the, the, the AOL I am, right? It took so long. Well, I, you're younger than me. We didn't even have it in college. Well, <laughs> it was it was pointless. I mean, I, in a way, because I was like, I, this is, I was impatient. I was like, I have to talk to them about this. So I'm going to just pick up the phone and dial it, right? Yeah. And now we as adults can see too, how quickly do we type an email and not even read it before pressing send or a text message. And so with kids whose brains are developing rapidly and yet are more impulsive by nature than many adults I know, well, that's, that's, that's a tricky, than some adults I know, (laughs) Mm -hmm. and you give, and they have more emotions and you give them these devices there are things that they do that they regret. So instead of using shame or guilt, like some of the books out there do or fear, I'm, yeah. I give them options. I go, look, here's the reality. If you're feeling bad about this, you can do this. If you need to make amends, you can do this. And if you're questioning, if you want to press send, or if you want to, you know, engage, say yes, be the yes girl, here are some other options to think about just in case you face that situation. And all of these scenarios have happened to people I've worked with or I know. Yeah. Well, it's, It's funny because I was just talking to Katie Hurley on the last episode about temperament and Mm. the introvert versus the extrovert. And I laugh because my daughter um, leans towards introverted, although she's not like full. She's definitely blossoming Mm -hmm. um, in her outgoingness. I, however, am like extreme extrovert and maybe blossoming more and more as I get older, my own introverted self. But I always laugh and say, geez, I could have used the caution that my daughter uses. You know, she thinks first. And and I hope that, again, I hope that this sticks. You know, she's she is super thoughtful where I, you know, action first, thoughts later. Well, by reinforcing (laughs) that now with her, like, oh, my gosh, I'm so glad that you didn't text your friend right away. I'm so glad that you, you know, came in here and asked me about it. That's just showing how mature you are. Yeah. Or that's showing how thoughtful you are. Those are the phrases, as you know, I mean, that really actually do stick with them. Like, that was a great choice because of X, Y, or Z makes such a big difference where are they, where else are they getting reinforced, right? Their friends who are like texting them 45 times in a row. And you know, they're, they're feeling overwhelmed by that. The reason I bring that up is because we've got to, as adults and parents teach our kids, it's okay to take a break. It's okay to put the phone down for five minutes and think about what you want to say. And very few of us as adults are doing that. Right. Yeah. And I, I've actually taken phones. Most of the girls put their phones in my office near me. They, I have a plug on purpose right next to my my seat, um, mm-hmm. because who doesn't always need a charge? And because it's so distracting. And yeah. so when when they have questions, sometimes they'll say, "Well, I just, I, you know, I've got to get my phone because I need to ask you about how I should respond to this." And we talk about it because they're able now to see that if they were to respond right away. A, people don't, excuse me, respond, respond right away. Wow. Um, respond right away. Then they may make a mistake or they're 
keeping the person, you know, the person is taking advantage of their time. And that's the way that I look at it too, is like, it's so awesome when you don't respond right away. It's so awesome when you don't give in because people think you have life, even if you're looking at your phone. (laughs) Oh my gosh, that's brilliant. Right? That's so brilliant. Yeah, because it's so funny. I mean, I love texting for sure. I'm a total texter. I think it's so helpful and efficient and quick and dirty. And I'm not, I don't typically get into conversations. Every once in a while it'll happen, but mostly it's just, I got to shoot a text to this person, get this out there. Whereas my 12 year old is like, Hey, Hey, how's it going? I mean, good. It, it what are you doing? They don't Nothing. Those it, minutes anymore. Or not the minutes, like where every text, thank goodness you guys, there's these plans out there because when we were growing, I mean, in college, it was like 150 or grad school, 150 texts for like $25 or something. How quick yeah, is that? Well, yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That would not get very far, but it's really interesting because it's like, you know, they're having conversations. I remember when we were first navigating the whole texting thing and she didn't have a phone she had, but she did have an iPad. And so, and she realized she could get a texting app. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. Feel like you're the martyr in your family? You're not alone. Hey, this is Joanne. And Bree. And we're from the No Guilt Mom podcast. Bree, we talk to a lot of moms. Yeah, we sure do. And if you're a mom who has a to-do list that is so massive that you get overwhelmed and you shut down. Or if you fall into the habit of doing everything for everyone and don't know how to change it, we can help you become a no guilt mom. We're going to take you from family martyr to family model. That's role model so that you role model the behavior that you want to see out of your kids. You're going to go from being tired and overwhelmed to energized and guilt free. Every week, you'll get actionable strategies that you can implement right away from the experts that we interview and from us. We also have a whole lot of fun. So check out the no guilt mom podcast everywhere you listen to your favorite shows. And, and it was, and we made a whole agreement about it. And I was really rigid in the beginning of the conversation. And then it kind of dawned on me that she, yeah, that she wanted this, 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 this amount of time because she was going back and forth, just like when I was in sixth, seventh grade, or that was fifth grade. And I would come home and I would, I had my own phone Mm -hmm. line Mm -hmm. in my room and I would be on the phone for hours. Well, the difference between, and you make a great point. There's two things. The difference between our phone lines and what they can do on a cell phone is way different. I mean, you know, this is a gateway drug in some regard, right? Because there's so many things they have access to that they never really. And even if our, I've, I've worked with some wonderful kiddos who their friends would say, Hey, look this up or go on this website. And all of a sudden it's, it's something they've never seen before. And now they have way more questions and yeah. that we couldn't do that. We had to go get an encyclopedia Britannica or try and get on, you know, AOL's crazy server. So, or just read forever by Judy Bloom. Oh, well, I read that one Did you many read times. Of course, are you kidding me? I've read every <laughs> single one of her books. That was like, that was my like, that was net. the big one. I was young when I read forever and I was like, what? Is I think going on. I, I got to read this again. I marked the pages <laughs> 20 times. I still have it more than 20 times. There are like, yeah, folded pages, bookmarks, things like that. Yeah. Not the same though. Not the same as what our kids can right. 
stumble upon or, you know, and, and when I interviewed Amy Lang um, this last summer, the birds and bees and kids mama, she, you know, she she says it's harder for kids to stay away from porn than it is to find it. You know, like oh, back in our absolutely. day, it was yeah. like, ooh, how can we get our hands on that? Or maybe not. But for some people, it was. Whereas well, it's now, it's like, yeah. how can I avoid that? Like, they can't even – it's really difficult for them to avoid it. Well, the but the other thing that you said, because that's, that's part of it – that's in the book, too, about romantic pressure. But it's not even mm-hmm. romantic pressure. Part of that is peer pressure. And so there's a, yeah. couple, there's a lot of – the best thing about this book, I have to say, is that I wrote it with – I wanted my girls that I work with, I wanted to be able to give them the stuff that we talk about. And, you know, I could give them paperwork. I give them stuff like that. But I wanted to give them a guide. And I wrote this book so I could – literally hand them the guide. And I was able to do that because you can turn to any page and say, all right, wait, what do I want to do this or that? Or what did Mm -hmm. someone else do in this situation? What are my options here? It's not advice giving by any means. It's more like, let's figure out what you really want to do. And here are a few ideas on how to do this the most successfully. That's going to help your, you know, your confidence and your decision-making and quite frankly, your future. But we won't, you know, tell a teenager their future because that's like tomorrow in teen world. However, (laughs) Um, really, I mean, their days are a little bit, you know, look, their brains are developing, right? We'll just do that. But the other thing is for a lot of parents, and this is a challenge that parents don't remember, but you put, you know, hit the nail on the head when you were growing up, just like I was, our friends would change plans and we'd call each other up and we'd say, Oh wait, we're going to so-and-so's house after school. Or can your mom pick me up? Because my mom said at the last minute, I can't go over to so-and-so's house, whatever the case may be. Kids change plans. Parents, we have to change plans half the time too, right? Like something ha- comes up or we forgot you had a dentist appointment, whatever the case may be. And when parents, when the kid's like, mom, I'm actually going to go to so-and-so's house instead, they get, especially if it's text, sometimes they get mad. Mm-hmm. Why didn't you know before? Why didn't you tell me before? And the truth is because they didn't know or because your child just hasn't learned yet how to kind of put that text first. It's not a deficiency. It's just the fact that these are learning, these are strategies and skills that they haven't learned yet. The other thing is, is texting and, you know, IMing and Facebook chatting or Instagram, you know, communication, Snapchat. When you ask your kid, if they talk to somebody or when they spoke to them or what the, you know, if there was a conflict, what was going on, I'm going to be 90%. I'm going to say about 90% of the time that form of communication is not in person or on the phone. It's yeah. via text and communication. So when they say you don't Just get it, easy. it's asking, hey, so how'd this go down? Was it on the phone or was it like, you know, via text? What, you know, what you say? Do you want me to help you navigate a way to handle it? Or do you want to see, do you want to show me it to me? Because the reason that gives you guys, parents I'm talking to, more credibility, to be honest with you, and, and, and really into the kid's world is because that's how they're doing it. And it's yeah. actually fascinating because people are so ill-equipped to do this. I mean, the one thing, if I could get this every teenage girl's head, do not text your feelings. Seriously, please do not text how you're feeling about the other girl in the room or the guy that you like or the the teacher that you hate because people take pictures, people don't delete their texts, and this is alive and well. It's not just like this, you know, urban legend that people are going to take pictures of their Snapchats. Oh, no, no, no. This is real. I see it all the time, you know? And so it's being able to be mindful about what you write before you say it. And if you're not sure, please pick up the phone or at least FaceTime or, you know, Skype, video chat. I don't care. But don't write anything out there that you wouldn't want your mom, your grandma to see, or a potential person that you want to babysit for. These things happen, you know? And, oh my gosh, when I told girls that Snapchat was not holding their stuff. You know, they, it was like, yeah, just mm-hmm. kidding. It's really a, like a place in Iowa or I don't know where it is, but it, a cloud where we can get your information, white faces across the room. I'm like, what oh, have you guys been doing? You really thought that people were going to keep this stuff private, you know? And it's not even about like those what ifs. What are they really sending this to? If a parent picks up the phone and sees that a kid's, you know, sending them risky messages or really aggressive messages, they're going to see it. You know, it's embarrassing for the kid and for the parents whose kids have the phones. Yeah, I mean, I know it's well, and I yeah, well, and also I have I as a parent am ever more aware of the fact that I want to roll my eyes. Yeah, I want to be like, oh, whatever. Are you kidding me? You know, that happened over text like, you know, and put my judgment on something that is like, like it or not here to stay a part of their life. And 
you know, I just have to. And, and as soon as I'm rolling my eyes at her, like that's the moment where the door closes. Exactly. Like the hypothetical the communication, door closes. Yep. And like, it, yeah. it, it's just, it drives disconnection. Yeah. When and we, she just feels totally invalidated. You know, invalidated. Exactly. And then it becomes like, well, then clearly I can't trust you. Clearly I can't, you know, share. You don't get it because you don't get it. Yeah. And you know what the best way to kind of come back from a, from a hit like that is you're right. I don't get it. I am so sorry that I really being, being so hard for us to do, but I, if I get something wrong, I've learned by being assertive. If I mess up, the best thing to do for me anyways, is be like, you know what? Whoa, I totally messed up there. The sooner I do it, the better your kids are not going to like, you know, hold that over your head for very long because let's be honest, the attention span isn't that long. And you know, it's like your, your goal here is to get in the door as quickly as possible and say like, look, I'm not, you know, aggressively, but you're right. That was super messed up of me. I can't believe I did that. You know what? Earlier this week, somebody sent me a text and it made me feel bad too, because I guarantee someone did or an email where you're like, Oh my gosh, was that a passive aggressive one? Are they mad at me? And you can even say, look, I have felt this way before as well. And it gives you a little bit more agency with them. The other thing too, is we've all felt this way. So words on text, words on Facebook, words on a post that someone writes or comments on one of our posts as adults mm-hmm. sound the same to me as they would if so-and-so was talking to you. They're not just words. There's feelings associated yeah. with that. And there's a tone associated with that. So oh, yeah. whether I it's just, text, yeah. I just responded to a comment on one of my blogs that what that was like a punch to the gut and I was I was it was such reading the words gave me such a physical experience so imagine being 14 and feeling that yeah yeah well and I and and yes 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 to all of it I'm so glad that you wrote this book Emily and that you're doing the work that you're doing because I know that there's just going to be more greatness from you and I feel like I now have my own personal um, guide for the teen years on speed dial. So yeah, well, now you do, <laughs> you do. And I would encourage, um, any, of, you know, right now you can also on my, on my, um, website, which is the guidance girl, you can get a free chapter of the book, which I, which is the friendship. Awesome. There's, it's actually kind of a special one because it's got the friendship chapter and part of the family chapter. So it gives a little bit of both for parents who want to download it or for parents who want to download it for their girls to see if they like it. Um, I'm sure they will, but it also is, you know, it's a good freebie. So yeah, I would just say to everybody that's listening, just go buy the book. I mean, whatever you can download a little snippet if you want, but you're going to want to buy it. I mean, I'm already, I've got, yeah, my book is already worn and it's, I'm only, you know, four chapters in, um, and you're, it's just so important what you're doing, Emily. It's so important. Um, uh, and I and there's a quote that I love that I wrote down to make sure that I shared, which is your assertiveness shapes how others respond to you and it helps train them how to treat you. And, you know, if we can over the course of of teaching, modeling, practicing these skills with our girls, if we can help them get to a place of really understanding that. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it will change their it'll it, not that so much that it'll change their life, but it it opens up your life to being something that you can truly design rather than be kind of like a leaf in the wind. I, I love that I, quote. I like what you just said rather than being a leaf in the wind. Exactly. Yeah, because that's kind of the reason why it's mainly the reason why I wrote it, because the truth is we have so much power in our words and in our behaviors, but really words matter so much. And when we can give girls the skills to be able to say just a little bit more assertively or a little bit more honestly, you know, the mm-hmm. things that they really want to say and, and look and have a guy to do it. It's going to become very natural. It's become natural for a yeah. lot of the girls. And I'll tell you the best way to start besides reading the book, um, is what you just said. If you say to your daughter, Hey, you know what, why don't you, let's, let's do this. I'll bet you. Okay. I'll, I'll bet you an ice cream sundae or I'll bet you $5. You try responding this way. Let's see if she responds that way. And this may be a text or this might be if she has a conflict at school with a girl. I'm betting that over the next, you know, 24 hours, you'll be, you know, if you don't respond right away or if you respond this way, X or Z or Z will happen. You know what? You just won yourself $5 because Mm -hmm. when they can start to see that you 
are trying versus telling them what to do. If it doesn't work, then we'll talk about it. And you know what? Then I'm wrong. When they mm-hmm. see that you're not trying to put your own childhood on them, which is what a lot of kids say to me. Right. Or your own issues oh, my gosh. I hear it all the time. And the, you guys. Oh, we do. Stuff. We yeah. do. We do. And then the fear, like we think about our own. I mean, I made a lot of mistakes. And so my fear is, oh, my gosh, I don't want her to make all the same mistakes I did. And it's already proving that it's just not she's not living my life. Yeah. It's crazy town how we but it go we yeah, anyway, that's a whole nother that's, show. But that's another <laughs> one we can do for sure. And I think that the best thing to do is just try, like you said, we all make mistakes. We all roll our eyes. There was a time last week where my mouth opened and I said, "Are you kidding? I can't believe you did that." And then I was like, "Wait, I can believe you yeah. did that." And I'm so sorry you felt the need that you had to do that. I wish I would have been available to talk to you beforehand. That really right. sucks. You right. know, I wish I would have been able to talk to you before. What was going on? Tell me a little bit more about it. And I corrected myself. And I even said, mm-hmm. maybe 10 minutes later, I'm really sorry if you felt like I was judging you because mm-hmm. I just didn't know what to say. I was worried about you. Yeah. That was my response. And let me tell you what, I got a text from a 14-year-old, 15-year-old now later that said, thank you for listening. Yeah. What? Aww. Like, What? When, you know, when do I get good texts from 14 year olds? Hardly ever. But it was, it's like when we correct ourselves, kids respect you and they learn from that, that, okay, well, if someone that's older than me can say that they're sorry, or if they made a mistake, maybe I can do that too. Yeah. Modeling. So key. So where else can people find, how can people follow you, Emily? They can find me on uh, Facebook, um, at the guidance girl. That's the page. And you can find me at Twitter. It's at Guidance Girl M. That's E M, like Emily, but M because somebody mm-hmm. else took the Guidance Girl. So I just made it rad and put my own little twist on it. Perfect. Same with Instagram. That's at Guidance Girl M E M. And what other social media we've got going on? We've got our LinkedIn. We've got Facebook. I think that covers most. Do you do? Do you do Tumblr? Are you that down do with Tumblr. the? Yep, oh, I do Tumblr. Yep. Oh, you do. I mean, not that I, my audience is parents, and I don't know any parents except for maybe like Kim Kardashian that are actually on Tumblr. But maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm just that outdated. But I've learned. I just learned how to do it in June, so I'm kind of a novice. When you think about, uh, is it fun? Do you like it? It is. It's fun. I like. I'm still like a big Pinterest person. So okay. I, that's Pinterest my favorite. Too. Yeah, the the guidance girl, and I have videos in on YouTube. So there's a YouTube channel that's the guidance girl too. You just put that in. It's all oh on my, my website, which is theguidancegirl.com. Um, so I hope that was I will put links to all of those things in the show notes. So if you are a parent out there listening and you're like, hmm, I know about Tumblr, then I will help yeah, you find. Yeah, please, please. <laughs> uh, also give us some tips, you know, on Tumblr. Yeah, for real. <laughs> and they can, they can also ask any questions too on your, the link that you're going to send out as well as on any of my pages. We answer pretty promptly. I, I, I answer or I have somebody forward it to me. So Questions are always welcome, and um, we will get back to you on that, too. Oh, thank you so much, Emily. This was great. So packed full, and there are so many more things I want to talk to you about. I know. Me, too. Me, too. Come back. I'd be happy to. Hopefully, I can come in person soon, and I appreciate you having me on your show. Awesome. All right. Well, I'll talk to you next time. Okay. Thanks so much. So I love Emily Roberts. I hope that you listeners out there got a lot from our conversation. I am so grateful for what I get to do. I'm so grateful that I get to bring these people that inspire me onto the show and talk to them so that you can listen in to the conversation. And guess what? I'm on Instagram now. So you can follow Joyful Courage on Instagram. You can follow my Facebook page. I have a private group called Live in Love with Joyful Courage, would be so happy if you asked to join that. We have tons of conversations around parenting and life, and it's a great group of people that are just really aiming towards being their best self, showing up for their kids. Um, Where else am I? That's where I am. And I really want to encourage you to subscribe to the podcast through iTunes. Okay, I'm putting a video in the show notes that my daughter shot of me showing you how to find the fa- the podcast app on your iPhone. So those of you that have an iPhone, you already have a, an app on your iPhone for podcasts. I'm going to show you how 
to find joyful courage to make it more to make it easier to listen to each time a new show comes out so check the show notes for that and I'm gonna run some like contests and stuff to try to really um, get you all engaged in giving me feedback and letting me know what you think and subscribing I'm also curious so there's been a there's been some activity with um, some amazing humans who support my work and were willing to let me send them envelopes full of postcards, informational postcards that are actually really cute, um, to put out in their community. And so they're popping up around the country. I want to know, if you are listening to this podcast, did you see a postcard? And were you like, I got to check this out and now you're listening? I, I want to know. I want to know. I want to know who is picking the, who's picking those up and listening in to the podcast. So will you reach out to me, Facebook? Uh, I'm on Twitter too at Joyful Courage. Um, reach out to me. Let me know you're out there. Let me know you're listening. Let me know what you like. Let me know what you want more of. I really want this to be a relationship. I want to be in relationship with you. I want to be dating you. So um, if it's one sided, it's just not really that fun it makes me feel like maybe you want to break up so would you please get in touch give me feedback let me know what you think rate me on itunes that would be awesome leave a review um i'm just if it wasn't for you i couldn't do this and i love 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 doing this so reach out and um yeah get excited for the next episode and happy parenting well hey there busy mama Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it but I will give you practical and more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free.